The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2017 New Year's Conference. More information about New Year's Conference can be found at newyearsconference.com. So if you're in the wrong spot, now's the time to go ahead and exit. We won't be mad at you for that. Um, but welcome. Uh, my name is Jasmine. I'm really excited to be here. I work at Bradley University. And um, maybe you can go to the next slide. I want to introduce you to myself. This is the fam. Um, and so notice there's all different kinds of people there. Um, my staff team at Bradley, um, some of my best friends, and um, these are my sisters down here, and um, all of those people have been used, um, yeah, by God to just grow me, and, um, and even a lot of what I want to say and talk about today is just influenced by just um, looking at um, the lives of these people and um, how they've impacted me. Um, but I want to uh, draw your attention um, to this picture down here. Um, these are my sisters. I'm one of five girls, and so you um, can imagine, like, all of the like craziness there's never a dull moment when you grow up in a household of all girls and so um, that's been really fun um, but specifically um, my sister Raina who has like the denim and the necklace there uh, she's been um, teaching me about running and so if you know me you know I'm like pretty bad at like exercising like I could tell you all kinds of stories about how I've fallen and they're really embarrassing so if you really want to know after this time you can come up and ask me I'll, I'll be happy to tell you about my many uh, failures in that area um, but um, she's been kind of educating uh, me. You can go to the next slide. Um, but she's like really good at running. And uh, so these are just some pictures of her with her team. And um, she's in high school and she runs on the track team there. Um, but she's uh, specifically been teaching me about the 300 meter. So for you all, the runners out there, like correct me if I'm wrong, but um, in the 300 meter, there are hurdles, right? And so she's kind of been um, educating me on, like, the technique that they're doing in their high school, that they, like, run three strides, and then they jump over the hurdle, and then they run three strides, and then jump over the next hurdle. Is that kind of, okay. Yeah, so she's been kind of, like, telling me all about this and just really, like, helping me to understand it. I just thought, gosh, what um, a cool illustration for the Christian life. Um, we are in this race. Um, we're running, and we want to get to that finish line. The goal um, is Christ. Um, the goal is God. And so um, we're on this, this journey running um, towards him. But there tend to be sometimes hurdles in our lives um, that we need to jump over in order to make it to the next pace, the next pace, next pace, um, to um, keep um, running hard after Jesus. And so I want to um, talk through um, some of uh, the hurdles in our lives and just kind of, yeah, you can go the next one um, in our lives and so um, but before um, I get to that I wanted to invite up um, a sweet friend of mine her name is Morgan and um, her and her husband uh, were on staff at Bradley University um, where I am but then they left me and they went to Illinois State University which I'm really excited about and thankful for um, and um, so Morgan's also a nurse and I just wanted her to come up and share a little bit about what God is doing in her life and teaching her um, as it relates to womanhood and then the different hurdles um, in her life. So this is Morgan. Hello. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm going to start, I'm just going to share a little bit of my story with you guys. Um, starting in high school, um, looking back on my years in high school, I can see like the emptiness and brokenness um, just of my life, but if you had seen me from the outside, it looked great. I had, I played sports, I had a lot of friends, I had boyfriends, um, I have a good family, but um, I can just see looking back 
Um, I was just looking for worth in so many different things. Um, just all those things I just named, like sports, like if I was doing well in sports, I felt like I was worth something, just things like that. Um, but I always just kind of felt the sense of like worthlessness and unwantedness and um, I just kind of tried to like overcompensate to like prove to myself like I think I, maybe I am worth something. Um, so that was just kind of like the theme of my high school um, years. And a, a big way that I tried to like cope with it and overcompensate was I gossiped a lot about other girls and um, I would slander them behind their back and it was just kind of a way to like bring these other girls low just to make myself feel better about myself. Um, it was just really sinful and broken and obviously didn't work. Um, and there was one point my sophomore year, I had a boyfriend at the time and he, I can still picture we were in foods class, um, he told me to my face that I am worthless. And so it just seemed to like confirm everything that I already believed about myself. And um, so I just kind of lived in light of that, like from then on, like I thought so, but he thinks so. And so this must be true. Um, so that's just kind of how I lived my life. Um, and then still going to college, it was still kind of the same type of thing. Um, and then the summer after my freshman year of college, the Lord saved me and um, he just taught me the gospel and he showed me my worth and value in Christ. Like the God of the universe didn't spare his own son um, to draw me to himself and he loves me that much. And so that was just like overwhelming just to know like he, I am, you know, I have worth in Christ and um, Christ died for me. And so it's just been really freeing, like just to live in light of the gospel and not to try to have like prove myself um, to anybody or even myself or to God. Um, my worth is just given to me in Christ by his grace. And so um, that's just been life changing, obviously. Um, a theme of my college years was kind of, well, not just my college years, just, I just think it's a thing that people um, struggle with in general, but it was discontentment. Um, and so I can look back and see that when I was single, I felt discontent because I wanted a boyfriend. And then when I got a boyfriend, I felt discontent because I wanted to be engaged. And um, a lot of the discontentment I think came from like seeing other women around me going through different life seasons and like wanting what they had in that moment. Um, when I got engaged, I just wanted to be married. Like I hated the waiting and because I always thought that marriage would be the end all be all. Um, and once I got to marriage, I wouldn't want anymore. Like I'd be content finally. Um, and it's just a discontentment issue. Like we just have to find our contentment in the Lord. Um, and so then I got married and I love marriage, but it's not the end all be all. Um, and so after marriage, I started to want to start to have children and have a baby and, um, sorry. So about a month ago, um, we found out that we were pregnant and, sorry, I didn't, um, we were just really excited and thankful to God um, for the life he gave us. Um, and then a few weeks ago, we found out that we lost the baby. Um, and so it's just been really, really a hard time for us. Um, and Jasmine had already previously asked me to give this talk. Sorry. Um, and I almost told her I wasn't going to do it anymore because I couldn't imagine giving a biblical womanhood talk when I feel like I'm like 
just crumbling. Um, but the Lord has just really been teaching me a lot. Um, and when I picture like a biblical woman, I think of the kind of cliche often used in wrong context verse, um, Proverbs 31, 25. And so she is clothed with strength and dignity and she lasts without fear of the future. And um, when I read that verse, I don't see any of me in there. Um, it says she's clothed with strength, and I feel I'm just very weak and fragile. And there's days I just cry a lot, don't want to leave the house. Um, but like the Lord is teaching me, He is clothing me with strength because I'm clothed in Christ, and He's giving me strength. Um, and it says she's clothed in dignity. Um, and just kind of that sense of worthlessness and that lie from the enemy has crept back in, and I, I've had to fight believing I'm worthless because my body, for some reason, didn't carry this baby, and um, and so I've just had to fight that with truth and drawing my dignity and worth from Christ alone. Um, and then, so she lasts without fear of the future, and I'm very afraid of the future because I'm afraid of this happening again, and I'm afraid of just so many things. I may never be able to have a child. I, I don't know, but um, so laughing without fear of the future just seems kind of foreign, but I really can cling to God's promises and just know that he will give me the grace in the future for whatever comes. And so um, I always had this view of a Proverbs 31 woman just like smiling, no fears, no problems, no sadness. And um, the Lord is just teaching me otherwise um, I can't muster these things up, but he's just teaching me that he clothes me in them and just to walk with him in it. So that's just kind of what I've been learning. Thanks for sharing, Morgan. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and um, then we'll dive in. Um, God, thank you um, for this time. Thank you that um, we get to be here um, and hear each other's stories. Um, thank you for just the conference and the time to hear about your truth, about your gospel, God. Um, I pray that you would speak through me, God. I pray um, that anything that's not of you that said that people would just forget it, God. And um, God, we, we just thank you for Morgan's story and just how vulnerable she was with us and how you're using hard things in our lives. Um, God, would you continue to do that? Help us to run um, hard after you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Okay, um, so yeah, we're, we're about to have real talk. I didn't, I didn't warn y'all. Um, so, um, okay, I'm excited. Um, but uh, I, I just want to dive right in. So I kind of, um, the overview of this is that um, I, um, in my own life, and just as I've been um, interacting with other women, have seen some common struggles and some common hurdles in the lives of women that keep us from running hard after the Lord. And so I want to hint on those three things, uh, which are that we covet, we condemn, and we hide. And those aren't on the outline. There are outlines, but I'll, I'll get to the blanks. But those, that's just kind of the overview of where I'm going for all you people who like to know kind of uh, where I'm going, you know, when I'm not landing the plane or whatever. So um, that's kind of where I'm going. And then I want to suggest to you um, that in the gospel, there are three ways that kind of combat those things. So just to dive right in, the first blank, letter A, the first A, is uh, covetousness. 
covetousness. So I think that this um, is pretty, it's kind of a word that we don't use very often. We know like it's part of the Ten Commandments, covetousness. And so I went ahead and um, just gathered a definition. Actually, John Piper wrote the definition. definition. Um, and so I've been reading this book called Future Grace, and it's been really encouraging. And he, um, in that book, John Piper says that covetousness is desiring something so that you lose contentment in God, or it's losing your contentment in God so that you seek it elsewhere. And I think a real common um, kind of in a nutshell way that that looks for women in particular is comparison. Comparison. And we see this like all the time. Like you saw the girl with that really cute dress and you was like, I got to have it. (laughs) Right. Um, You saw someone get invited to something that you didn't get invited to or um, your friend um, got engaged and you're not even dating anyone. And it's when we begin to say like um, or think in our minds like I I don't measure up here or I want to have that too um, or I'm not good enough. And so um, so we get the dress and we um, finally do get the invitation or we have that relationship. And the crazy thing is, is that sometimes we really do get these things and it still doesn't satisfy us. It still doesn't satisfy us. And so um, I think that kind of, kind of what happens is we, we begin to co- become aware of that, the shortcomings and, and the failure. Um, and a lot of times, um, just in, the, in our Christian communities, we realize like comparison, like we don't want to be in that place, covetousness, right? We don't want to be in that place. That's, that's sin. And, and so a lot of times, and, this, and they all don't perfectly you know, interweave or go in, in line, but a lot of times when we become aware of our sins and our failures and our shortcomings, we begin to walk into the next point, uh, which is condemnation. And we're wired up with, with a conscience, right? We, we have eternity written on our hearts, and, and we all recognize the different things that we've, we've failed in, and, and sometimes we refuse to come into the light, and I want to talk more about that um, a little bit later. Um, and I know that in a room this size, um, that the, the, the spectrum of different sins um, and shortcomings is, is, is wide, right? Like some of us in the room have wrestled with sexual sin or impure relationships, and some of us have, have dealt with gossip like Morgan was talking about, or we've been the one that's been gossiped about. And some of us, like, we just got mad at our roommates this morning for waking us up early. Like, it's just, you know, it's all in between. It's, um, and no matter how big or how small we think the sin is, like, it really is a big deal to God. Like, sin is a big deal to God. Um, like, Jesus, in, in reality, Jesus had to die for that. But I think that where um, we stop there, and instead of moving on to praise God that Jesus did die for that, we just wallow, and we crumble under the weight of the sin and the guilt and the shame instead of looking to what Jesus did. And so that's the second point. Um, Condemnation, that's a a common hurdle that keeps us from running towards Jesus. And the last one um, I want to... um, kind of cover is um, covering up. So oftentimes when, when we find ourselves uh, coveting or comparison or in sin and we, we walk into a condemnation 
and we begin to wallow, uh, the next tendency we have is, is to hide. And that's a barrier. And, and this just makes me so sad because I think when we get in this place where we begin to hide and try to cover up, like we just think that God can't use us anymore. And that makes me really sad. Um, so I want to kind of um, direct our attention to a woman in scripture who can identify with, with these, these feelings, these things. So um, Genesis 3, this is verses 5 through 8. And so just for a little context, um, this is in the garden. So this is with Adam and Eve, and Eve and the serpent are kind of in a conversation. And so the serpent says in, starting in verse 5, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, it meaning the tree and the fruit of the tree. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of his fruit and ate. And so she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. And then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. So we see it right there. They sinned. They became aware of it. You can't imagine that they just felt the shame and the weight of that. And then what did they do? They went and they tried to hide from God. And that's what we do. And I think that we are probably really good at that. I know that that has been my story. I have that same tendency um, that we hide under the guilt and we try to cover up the sin. We lie, we hurt silently, we feel the shame about what we've done or even what's in our past and our backgrounds. And I just, like, I'm preaching to the choir here. Like, this is something that I've just struggled with a ton. And sometimes we hide um, because of the shame that we feel. And I want to just talk a little bit about um, shame and what that's kind of looked like in my life. And specifically my story um, that with my dad, um, the... Just my story with my dad is that um, he's just been pretty non-existent in my life for... For most of it, I just didn't, I just never really had a good relationship with him. It's been pretty distant. I remember actually, like, actually meeting my dad when I was seven years old. And so you can just kind of imagine he just wasn't very involved or around. And when I was about 12 years old, my mom kind of um, decided, you know, I'm done with this. We're going to take your dad to court because he needs to pay um, child support. And so I went down with him to court because I had to take a paternity test. And kind of this is like the climax of our relationship. I didn't really understand what was going on, but when we got into the courtroom, the judge was just kind of like, um, hey, here's the first order of business, looks at my dad and says, do you think that this, gesturing towards me, is your daughter? And my dad looks at me and then looks at the judge and says no. And that moment has stuck with me. Um, It's still with me. Like, I still get emotional about that moment. And just, um, I began to weep um, during that. 
and um, just that my 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 dad would would deny me and and I was realizing from an early age all the statistics that surrounded fatherlessness or being from a single parent household you, you know there's you're more likely to go to jail um, you're more likely to drop out of high school you're less likely to even go to college and I was very aware of all of those statistics associated with that and I didn't want to be defined as that and so all of the shame and the weight of that um, I just tried to cover up and I tried to hide all of those things because I didn't want to be defined by that and in that background my background really haunted me even after becoming a Christian and I and I, just, I think that becoming a Christian uh, like there's so much joy, and I want to talk more about the the gospel in that. Um, but that didn't that didn't mean that once I became a Christian, that everything just kind of went away. That my relationship with with my dad was just restored, and all of a sudden better. And that was far from the case. And and God really has worked in my life with that. But I just began to live in such a way from from that moment in the courtroom and on that I just like wanted to cover up and hide. What my family was like, what my background was like, because I didn't want people to see me um, as this person without a father and all of the statistics associated with that. And so I became really good at hiding. And and my fear is is that a lot of us in this room are really good at it, too. And so how do we um, jump over those hurdles, the, the covetousness, the condemnation and the covering up? How do we move past that? This is getting to the next point. And again, I know there, there are so many different situations um, and circumstances in this room. Um, and so I don't want to diminish that. But I do um, just want to say that with, with these three hurdles, the things that are holding us back, I just really think um, that the thing that would help us to jump over mainly is the truth of the gospel. That we have these hurdles and these struggles because at the core we just don't grasp um, the, the gospel and the implications it has on our life. And so I just want to share it with y'all that uh, over 2,000 years ago that God sent his only son into the world to live among people that he created, um, that he lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He never did anything wrong. He was perfect. And he died a terrible death on the cross, taking on our sin, my sin, your sin, the wrath of God, And he died, and then he rose again, defeating death. And because of that, that death and resurrection, that we get to have his righteousness, this perfect record that we don't have to be defined by our past, by our sin, by our struggles. We can be defined. This is a lot of what the conference has all been about by uh, what Christ has done on the cross and that work. And so I think that understanding that at the core is what will help us to run faster to Jesus. And so um, those, those three things I kind of have, they, they kind of go hand in hand with the next three things. And so I really think that the gospel will specifically help us to jump over these three hurdles. And, and here are three specific ways uh, um, that I think we'll, we'll see in our lives, things that we'll see in our lives as we begin to believe the gospel more. Um, I think, so the next letter, A, um, is contentment. And I want to read to you the next uh, few verses are just different women in Scripture that we see living and running towards Jesus. 
in a bunch of different ways. So here's Luke chapter 10. Oh, and those are, sorry, those were the three, but we'll get to them. But Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. This is Mary and Martha. So it says, now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And so how do we jump over, over the hurdle of covetousness? We combat it with, with contentment in the gospel. We find contentment in what Jesus did. And that's what Mary did, that she found contentment. She was sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to his teachings. And the thing is that's so cool about this story is that Martha wasn't doing anything wrong. Like, she was serving. So it looks fine, right? Um, and, and I just think that that's just, like, my life. Like, I tend to be a Martha. Like, I'm serving. I'm doing these, these things. And what really is happening is I'm distracted from Jesus. And I just have to think that with Jesus right there in her house teaching, like, being available like that, that if she was distracted in that context, how much harder is it for us to get distracted? Or how much easier is it for us to get distracted, really? Um, it's just... That's just common. But we have to look to, at what Mary did, that she really just sat and listened to Jesus. And a lot of that takes place in when we sit and we read scripture. We read the word. We meditate on it. We memorize it. And as we do that, we, we begin to go into the next thing. Um, that as we're in God's word and scripture, we, we become more convinced of his teachings. And so instead of feeling condemned, we become convinced of, of God's grace in our life. And so that's the next one. It's conviction. Um, so we're convinced of God's grace and his word. And this is kind of like a, a multi-layered point, but we, we become women of conviction with convictions, with an S. So I want to look at another woman in John chapter 8. My discipleship group and I, we've been reading through John, and it's been really encouraging. Um, y'all like to use the word savage, and I just think y'all don't even know what that is until you look at the life of Jesus, because he, he just does some, that's, yeah, that's for real, amen. Um, so, John 8, I'm going to look at verses 3 through 11. So, the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, teacher... This woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, um, this is, he's commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? And this they said to test him that they may have some charge to bring against him. And Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. As, and as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. 
And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. And Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on sin no more. So we see this, this woman, obviously um, adultery, right? there. There's sin there that she's committed, that she's guilty of. And you probably can, I don't think this is a stretch to imagine, just she was probably feeling a lot of shame in the condemnation herself, in her, in her own mind and heart, and then in front of all these people who are charging her with this sin and, and just kind of blowing her up in the middle of, of, this, of this town. And then she has this interaction with Jesus, and he's like, I don't condemn you. And, and I think that we need to understand that, like, be convinced of God's grace, that, yes, be convicted of our sin, but that needs to lead us to, to God's grace, that when you have an encounter with Jesus, that he really um, has taken away our sin, that, that what he did on the cross, and that that really means something, we won't wallow and walk in the condemnation, um, but we'll be able to walk away like this woman and go on and run towards, towards Jesus. And I mentioned my discipleship group, we've been reading John, but uh, they also know that um, there's a really sweet verse that I really love. And so, y'all, y'all ready with your scripture memory? Romans 8, 1. Say it, say it a little bit louder, because that's some good gospel truth. We need to just hear it. Therefore, now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, honey. Okay, so you just, yes, I just love it, right? Like, if you are in Christ there's no condemnation. Like, that's a promise that God has given us. And that's sweet. And so we don't have to wallow in this. Like, if we're in Christ, we can walk in the newness of life. And I think that woman walked away renewed. And so how do we, how do we overcome the covering up? How do we walk in, in step with the gospel instead of covering our, our sin? I think that we, we become courageous, we become women of courage. So I'm going to go back in John again. And I'm going to go to chapter 4. And this is cool because Paul kind of gave you a lot of context about this, this, this chapter. I almost feel like I don't have to read it, but it's just so sweet. So I'm just going to read a few verses from it. Um, but John chapter 4, this is a woman at the well. And, and Jesus is, is interacting with her, kind of calls her out. She, he asks her, you know, where's your husband? And she's, she's like, I have none. And, you know, Jesus, savage, he's like, you, you're right. You, you got that, right? You know? And so he, was, he said it. And, and so she, she could have been, you can imagine just the, the, the shame that maybe she was, she was experiencing, the condemnation and the feeling, and trying to hide that. And, and cover that up. And so this is kind of what happens. Um, 25 and 26, um, the woman then says to him, I know um, that the Messiah is coming who is Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all these things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And, and so she has this interaction with Jesus. And, and he's, he's the gospel. He's sharing the, the truth with her. And so Verses 28 and 29. Um, good. So the woman left her water jar 
and went away in town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. And I just, I just, I just get so excited about this because I, she had this encounter with Jesus where she, she was grasping like who he was, that she didn't have to wallow in the condemnation. And so like, she could have just been like, cool, like, thanks Jesus. And then, but she like went out into this town that was like isolating her. She went out into this town that knew that she had the five or six husbands or men or whatever was going on. And she told them about Jesus. And that just had, that was just courage. And it wasn't this courage that she mustered up and all of a sudden got, it was the courage by knowing that Jesus, I had an interaction with Jesus, that he's changed me. He's changed my life. And so I need to tell other people so they can experience this too. So instead of hiding, she came out into the open with, with what happened, that he told me all I did. And she told them about himself. So, Another verse that I want to I want to point to in this uh, is First John one one seven, and Sam talked about this too. I felt so confirmed. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not going to say anything too wacky in this talk because they were they were talking about it too. So Sam Poteet kind of mentioned this in our relationships talk, but just that if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. And like, oh, man. Again, like just promises that God has, has given us. And so just, just walking in the light, that's, that might feel ambiguous. I think a lot of that is confessing, being, being open with, with our struggles, being vulnerable with people, like having real talk. Like what Morgan did, like that's real. Like she was walking in the light with y'all and sharing um, the pain. And, and I think that um, if we really understood this verse, like we understand that God is, is promising us fellowship with one another. Like, don't y'all just feel like, man, I feel love that she would share something like that with me. Like, that's fellowship, right? That you, and, and for all of you who get to go up and talk to her afterwards, like, there's just going to already be this, this connection, um, and which is sweet. Like, that's a promise that we get to cling to and have. And then cleansing. And it's not that when you confess, then you are cleansed. It's like you're already cleansed. So go experience it by just walking in the light. Like God, if you're in Christ, like God forgives you and you're already cleansed. So feel that, experience that. And I just think that when we don't do this, the danger is lack of community. We don't really know what's going on with each other. We're not really fighting sin together. We're not really out sharing um, this good news with other people because we can't walk in the light with each other. We can't be real with each other. And I just, I just think that a lot of us don't have the depth of friendships that we so long to have, even in our Christian communities, because we, we fear walking in the light. We, we want to hide. We want to cover up. We're walking in condemnation. So I just want to encourage you um, in that, that God has given us sweet promises that we're going to have fellowship and cleansing um, when we do this. And so I'm going to kind of land the plane here. Uh, these aren't the only ways uh, that women struggle, right? There, like, there are a lot of different things that we talk about. I could just go off and rattle all the things just in my life, but these are just common things that I've seen over um, over time in my life, lives of others, and that can can lead us away uh, from the gospel and then the common, the last three things, common ways um, that we can live in step with the, with the gospel. 
So I want to give some some applications real quick. I think you can go to the next slide. Cool. So um, these are just these are just some ways. Like this isn't the way that you need to walk in contentment, or the way that you need to. These are just some examples. Um, but how do we how do we walk in contentment? Um, we rest in God's promises. So on the on the back of your outline, there's like a little workshop, and in the workshop there's uh, there are kind of like three different actually. There are kind of a few different categories that I give. One is just an overview. There are just some common womanhood verses um, or passages to check out. But resting, resting in God's promises, I think it, it could look like this. Um, you memorize Romans 8.1. And in that moment that you're tempted to feel condemned, you, like you realize, like, yeah, I really, I'm really struggling here with, with some sin. Um, then you, you recall to mind. What does Romans 8 1 said? There's, there's no condemnation for those in Christ. Okay, Christ doesn't condemn me, so why am I trying to condemn myself? You recall that to mind, cling to it. So that's just a way. But really, it's just spending time in God's word. Um, and then for convictions, I have kind of more uh, specifics on that in the back. But um, being convinced of God's, God's grace in your life, I think some of that is really similar to recalling verses in scripture, but also just building your life on the word, building your life on God's word, that, that you have a, a belief that is influenced by scripture, and you hold to it no matter so what, what context, what happens. And so where there's gray, like scripture is pretty specific about, about things, and like, you know, anyways. I think you get it. Like, there are commands in Scripture, like, don't covet, don't lie. Those things, those are pretty clear. But there are some other areas where it's kind of gray, not really explicit about what to do in these situations. And so where the, those areas or aspects of life, um, find, find verses, find Scriptures, and begin to build some guardrails to protect you from falling into sin um, in those areas. So that's kind of what I mean with the convictions um, workshop down there. And then courage, just um, being willing um, to share and I, and I want to challenge you all, um, before I pray for us, um, I, I really do believe um, that as we grow in our knowledge of God and, and the gospel message, that, that we'll begin to live these, those uh, three things out um, in, our, in our lives, and we will experience freedom from shame and, and deep friendships and stop competing and, and begin to multiply um, our lives for, for his kingdom and, and be able to have an impact uh, for God. And um, I, I really do believe that. And so I want to challenge you to, to do the workshop on the, on the backside. Maybe pick an area. Maybe there was like, oh, yeah, that comparison, that's me. Or the condemnation, that I really can see that in my life. Maybe there was an area for, for one of the first three that you really resonated with. Pick an area. And I, and I would just encourage you to kind of work through some of these verses um, on the workshop. And then second challenge is uh, to go and I'm kind of putting the, the last thing, the convictions part like into action. But um, just I, I want to challenge you to share with someone else. Like maybe there, there was that point that resonated with you. Find the person from your campus uh, that brought you here, your, your leader, your staff leader or someone and share with them that specific area and ask them to help you. Like, I'm giving you this opportunity to kind of walk in the light in that way. So I uh, just want to encourage you to do that. Um, real quick, I do this with my dear as well, but um, just 
I love you guys. I'm for you. Um, and I want to pray for us. And um, then I'm done. So, Jesus, thank you so much um, just for this opportunity um, to share the ways that you've been working um, in my life and helping me um, to grow. God, I, I know that I wrestle with, with covetousness and wrestle with condemnation and covering up, God. Um, and you're helping me to understand the gospel better. God, I pray that you would help all of us to um, have a deeper understanding of your truth, of your gospel message, God, that there's really no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Lord, thank you so much for the promises that you give to us in scripture, that um, the verses, the women that we've seen in the, in the scriptures who've lived this out, who've walked um, in contentment, God, who don't cover up, but they're vulnerable. They're women of conviction and women of courage. I pray that we can be more like that as, as we run towards you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at newyearsconference.com.